You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Oh, what were you about to tell me, friend of friends? I was I was about to do the uh um I felt because I when you texted me that I was like chilling in the voice channel and I was gonna do the whole Ron, we've we've literally been here this entire time. We've, oh we've just been standing here. Well <laughs> Uh, all i saw was craig i didn't see ed (laughs) oh that was funny oh that's fine it's fine (sighs) what a what a fun weekend of football we get oh my gracious and then the fun just continues with our good friend blake up Well, we'll get to that League Cup in just a little bit here on the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 334, coming at you here. I am Edward Green, joined as always by my colleague in crime, Wes Bradshaw, and we have a dynamite episode coming up here today. Uh, We will be talking about that League Cup. Uh, We'll also be going over the weekend that was in the Premier League and talking about that, where and if maybe there was a rule change that happened or something. Because, you know, now and, and, and my thoughts on that rule change and some of the things that were written in that athletic article. Um, we'll also uh, talk very briefly about the Champions League and Europa League. Uh, Champions League uh, group stage teams have been locked in tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, is when the group draw takes place. So we will only be able to talk about the teams that are will be drawn. And um, and we know what pots they will be in, but unfortunately we will not know until next time we convene uh, what the groups actually look like. Uh, and then of course we'll hit the news and notes and the watch for. As always, podcast presented by NGSC Sports, NGCSports.com. We never stop. And neither All of right. these hot nuts in my <laughs> mouth from Hampton Farms. Mm. Delicious, delicious nuts. Mm. Oh man. Um, so we uh we got some uh we got some soccer happening this weekend. Uh it all started off bright and early with Manchester United three, Brighton and Hove two. Uh Brighton and Hove thought they'd gotten a point when Sully March uh got a goal in the ninety-fifth minute in what I believe at the time was the the prescribed last minute of stoppage play. Somehow the match yeah. just kept on going. 
And uh, Manchester United worked themselves into a penalty as uh, as Neil Maupay, I believe, um, kind of sort of touched the ball, maybe with his arm in a natural or unnatural position, depending on how you look at it. And United got a penalty, which, you know, definitely never happens. So nobody expected that come. Uh, but Bruno Fernandes converted it in the 100th minute of the match and United escaped 3-2. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Everton beat Crystal Palace 2-1, uh, also thanks to a deadlock deciding penalty by Richarlison. This one in the 40th minute. Uh, Chelsea, big comeback from them. Uh, down 3-0 after just about a half an hour to West Brom at the Hawthorns. And I was already texting West, you know, when, when does Frank Lampard actually start getting on the hot seat? Um, but Chelsea players made sure they were able to come back uh, with you know some more, maybe maybe more fortunate happenings as well, um, but fortunately, um, fortunately, Karma would ca- catch up with Chelsea later this week. Uh, and then uh, lastly on Saturday, Southampton <clears throat> won Burnley nil. Burnley still winless on the season, but Danny Ings continues to impress. His goal was the decider early on in the fifth minute for the Saints uh, on Sunday. Leeds. Beat Sheffield. We said this was one. It was going to be one of two things. Either it had to be a, a shootout or it had to be a defensive struggle. And it was a defensive struggle. Sheffield United really imposed their will. But Leeds did get their breakthrough goal for their second win of the campaign through Patrick Bamford. Uh, in the 88th minute, Sheffield United haven't won a match, haven't registered a point, and haven't registered a goal. And uh, this was my concern with this team. When we were looking at them before the start of the year. It's like, yeah, they're great defensively. They got enough goals last season. But this is what can happen when those goals don't come, even when you're still very good defensively. Um, and then uh, then we had Tottenham 1, Newcastle 1. Yeah. Sure. That Yeah, that, that did happen. Um, Eric Dyer in the second dumbest subplot he was involved in with this week um, had a committed a handball while not only not looking at the ball had his back to the ball and uh, somehow was adjudged to have committed a handball while jumping up in the air and with his hand not really above his uh, his head so yeah, that that uh that saved Newcastle. Now, of course, kids say Tottenham, you bossed the game, score more than one goal, and this doesn't matter. <laughs> kind of like what happened last week against Southampton, when a very similar situation happened, but Tottenham was already up five one. Doesn't doesn't make it feel any less when your defense gives up zero shots on target, though. Feels feels like when your defense gives up zero shots on target. Feels like you should win the match. Feels or at least get at least you know, at least get something from it. Didn't didn't happen. Well, uh, you know. Yes. I will say. I mean, at least Tottenham are looking a little better. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, will. So, I will. You know, you got to take your moral victory. Oh, of course, and I I do think that's. That's something that may have actually gotten a little lost is even though they weren't able to put some of their ch- better chances away, 
Gundam does look a lot better than they did at the end of last season, and frankly, for most of last season. Um, Tangay and Dombley actually looks like a football player now, which is great. Um, and well, a lot of their signs... When we yeah. talk about the cup a little later, um, mm-hmm. ooh, somebody made a really nice debut in the cup for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, we, don't forget you got that, um, oh, what's his face? He's won a trophy or two in his life. Oh, yeah, Garrett Bale's still a trophy. Mm, mm, he sounds like a winner. Um, and then uh, West Ham beat down Wolves 4-0. This was maybe one of the shockers of the weekend. Uh, Jared Bowen with a brace in this one, um, but just West Ham pouring it on Wolves 4-0. Not, not a great start to the season for Wolves. Currently one win and two losses. Um, so they, they're going to need to get back on track, especially with no Europa. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll be a case. Uh, Aston you know, Villa Wolves, also get. Wolves I'm started good. slow last season. Yeah, my only worry. Around, so. My only worry with that is is like they last year they had Europa, so I could kind of forgive it. And to be fair, I guess this year has been really weird. So so maybe there is a little bit of of coming back, um, coming back for them. So I, I I'm still willing to give them a chance. Uh, I'm not I'm not pressing the panic button i'm not calling an emergency meeting uh no nobody's sus right now on wolves but uh it could be that way at some point um i'll tell you who is sus though fulham fulham looking real sus uh aston villa had the run of it at craven cottage three nil was the scoreline uh tyrone mings and jack Grealish, uh newly committed again to aston villa uh with goals in this one uh, the other two matches, look, West look, Brady, look at my second favorite team getting that after. <laughs> they're they're doing solid. They're doing some work, and uh, maybe Jack Grealish will be enough to get them and pay them back with a top half of the table finish. Um, you know, we'll start we'll start with the Monday match. We'll start with the Monday match. Um, Liverpool three, Arsenal one. Um, I I think pretty much describes Liverpool's last. Six or seven months. Uh, dynamite offense, boss in the game, a boneheaded defensive miscue, uh, but still come away with the win. 3 1 uh, is the result. Uh, Lacazette with the early gift goal from a wayward uh, Andy Robertson pass, sort of trying clearance, um, but he would make up for that with the second goal for Liverpool in the 34th minute. And then Diogo Jota would get on the Liverpool score sheet for his first goal with the club in the 80. Um, so, yeah, that, that was kind of my thoughts. I was like, this this went pretty much as expected, Wes. Um, you know, Liverpool last year had some defensive lapses playing the high line, and this year they're pushing the high line even a little further. <laughs> yeah. And really, Arsenal scored a goal so against the run of play. Yeah, because I mean, at that point, God, Liverpool had them just pinned in their own side, and then to their credit, really nice pass, really nice run out by Lacazette, um, and I believe it was I believe it was Oba from the right side over there that set him up. Um, Robo was just trying to trying to clear it, and it just went the wrong way. Shit happened. Um. You know, there, I don't think there's a lot of blame to put around there. I mean, just Robbo got a wrong foot in and 
Blanca ended up with basically a free shot. After that, though, Jesus, Liverpool were just, I mean, they were all over Arsenal. Um, Sadio Mane, I don't care. Sadio Mane is the best player in the Premier League. On form, on just production the last few years, what he does for his team, Sadio Mane is the best player in the league. Um, if not, arguably the best winger in Europe. He goes down, gets the equalizer. Uh, what uh, Pep Linders calls the perfect goal, uh, Trent Durabo. Uh, when, <laughs> when your fullbacks are uh, combining <laughs> to score goals, Jesus, God, you know something's going right. And then late on, uh, Diogo Jota comes in. God, Jota had a fantastic 15 minutes. He came on. He was all over the place. Jota could have had a hat trick in, in 15 minutes. <laughs> um, had two had two balls that just narrowly missed before finally getting that third to go in, uh, and also just about set up Mo Salah for another goal. So he, he was all over the place. That is um, that is really exciting for Liverpool because you know one thing is our front three is fantastic, but we've kind of lived with this little pit in our stomach as in what happens if one of them gets hurt. And now it's like, okay, we got Jota and we got Minamino. All right, I think we're okay. You know, we're we good. We got some we got some depth. We good. Uh, so, you know, in the day for Liverpool, it was it was a it was a match that this Liverpool squad should go in expecting to win. They went in, they took care of a an Arsenal squad. You know, now let's flip this over to Arsenal. I picked Arsenal to finish in the top four this year, and based mm-hmm. off of this performance. I'm not regretting that pick one bit. I think Arsenal are I think Arsenal are good. <laughs> I think Arsenal still have a ways to go to contend for the league, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but man, how how much credit can we give to Mikel Arteta? I mean, they haven't made sweeping personnel changes to this club. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And he's come in and taken what was basically utter crap <laughs> under mm-hmm. Wenger and Unai Emery. And, I mean, Arsenal are playing with a bite. Arsenal are playing hard. They're playing together. They're playing much smarter football. They can still play beautifully, but it's not like at the forefront of their mind that, oh, well, this has to be a beautiful goal or we're not going to attempt it. They're just they're taking chances when they get them. They're they're doing the right things that good teams need to do to win football games. Um, I'm not I'm not really chuffed one bit about my Arsenal top four prediction even after this match. Um, I just I think Liverpool are just right now especially I think Liverpool are just head and shoulders above everybody in the league. Uh, that includes <laughs> that includes the other match we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, but uh, Arsenal. I, I, I think it was one of those Arsenal could come out of there with their heads held high, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, that they, you know, let's put it this way Liverpool beat them 3-1 last year at Anfield, and it didn't look like this. <laughs> Even though on the day Liverpool were very good, Liverpool controlled the match, you still felt much worse about Arsenal coming out of 3-1 a year ago than you did coming out of 3-1 here. So, um, oh, for sure. Yeah, so Liverpool 3-0 on the season. Um, 3-0-0, excuse me. Uh, Arsenal dropping their first match. 
I just wanted to touch back real quick. You mentioned the Everton match earlier. Um, because you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm an equal opportunity guy here, right? You know me. I wouldn't say anything <laughs> negative about the topics. No, um, no, no. Everton, 3-0-0 on the season. And they're off to their best Premier League start ever. They're off to their best start to a season since, I believe it's 1938. Mm-hmm. Off to their best start of the season. And they're still behind Liverpool. Here we go. Don't get What's that on, is that on goals four? Is that what the tiebreaker is? I believe so. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Whatever <laughs> it to... takes. Just the smallest little pin that I can stick into Everton's blue balloon at this moment. Just the smallest. Because well, once you started ramping up, I'm like, oh, he's clearly ramping up to something. <laughs> I just I just took a quick quick peek at the table and I was like, where? how are they actually separate? That's fine. Um, that's, <laughs> it is that's... probably goals four. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Anyway, uh, not having a good start to the season. Uh, or maybe, depending on how you look at it, actually having a great start to the season. Uh, one of these clubs is the actual club who is in first place, Leicester City. They're still winning. Um, and they got wow. so much passion. Oh, they do. They showed I great character. Uh, they got passion. They got great character. Um, I'd say what they had to show great character because uh, Riyad Mahrez in the fourth minute of that match, uh, absolute worldy, uh, just a fantastic goal. And you thought, all right, well, this is this is City, City's back on it. And then already had a penalty, already scored a goal, already had a penalty. James Madison scored a goal. And all of a sudden, it's 4-1 in the 80th minute. And you're like, well, all right then. Uh, Nathan Ake did get his first goal for the club in the 84th. But uh, Yuri Tielemans responded with the third penalty of the match. And uh, unlike in other matches we saw this past weekend, these ones were all clean penalties. Um, Just mind-boggling destruction for Manchester City. Uh, Leicester... I, I'm I'm a little worried. I don't want to hype this club up too much. They were very good last season up until about the end of December when they played City and Liverpool back to back and got the ever loving shit beat out of them. And we're like, oh, okay, they 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 weren't really that good. Um, so I'm cautiously optimistic about Leicester. Um, the but only, I still the only want. Scary thing for Leicester right now is uh, the Indeedy injury. Yes. Absolutely, that's, that was that's, that came last week. That's not good for them, yeah. No, that came last week in the League Cup and just right. proves how worthless League Cup really is. Um, <laughs> um, but and I don't want that any of that to take away from how good Leicester have looked this early in the season, especially considering how poorly they finished last season to completely fall out of the Champions League. So for them to respond this season and so strongly. Very impressive. So I want to take nothing away from them. Great job by Brendan Rodgers and the rest of that team. But holy fuck, what is wrong with City? Like, how how many times do they have to get their teeth punched in before we start going, our City actually the second best team in the Premier League? Our City actually a... Ch- a, a potential Champions League winner? Are are they? 
because I, I, Wes, I, I don't know that they necessarily are anymore. Oh, Ed. You know my feelings on the greatness of Pep Guardiola. Of course. Smarter than everyone else. Just ask him. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Ed, don't worry. The problem can always be solved by buying another defender. <laughs> yeah, who was it? Uh, let me, I have it right. Yeah, Ruben Diaz. 68 right. million euros. The seventh defender under Pep Guardiola that City have bought for over 45 million euros. I think I think what I see from Bleach Report, he's spent now four hundred million on defenders in, at City. Just defenders. Just defenders. Um, it's it's beautiful, and apparently they all suck, other than Laporte. Apparently, apparently, and he can't stay healthy. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it's the same old tune for City. Here's the thing. You can play that style that City wants to play, but you got to have guys at the back. Yeah. They lost company. A company Laporte back line was good. Mm-hmm. Not great, but it was good. It was good enough for them to do what they wanted to do and win. Yes, exactly. But now you've lost company, and on top of that, you keep losing Laporte. And, I mean, that's, that's just that's the killer for them is the back. They're going to win matches, don't get me wrong, because they're going to oh, be sure. great. They just go out there and they can outscore everybody and they can just football you to death and everything's oh, sure. great that day and Pep gets to tell everyone how smart he is. <laughs> but, yeah, this is not a team right now, the way they're set up and the way they're playing, this is not a team that's going to win the Champions League. It's not a team that's going to win the Premier League. And, I mean, now that question I keep bringing up, how much longer is Pep sticking around on this? Yeah, because it's starting. It's starting to look as 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 much as it could for City. It's starting to look like a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um. God, there's another great stat out there. Just comparing Liverpool and City. Mm-hmm. It's something like City have lost ten of their last thirty-eight matches. I think. Mm-hmm. Liverpool has lost uh, like 10 of their last 128. Yeah, I remember you. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I might not have that city number right, but it's not mm-hmm. much off of there. Yeah, no. It's- um, and I mean, don't forget, I mean, this is a city team who, God, was like setting the league points record in back to back years nearly. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you take away a, a, a point here and they almost set it back-to-back years you know they scored 100 and they scored 99 so obviously this is a it's a top top team uh over the last 10 years now manchester city's net transfer spend (laughs) is over 1 billion pounds now that's their net that's their outgoings their incomings right Uh, 1 billion 16 million pounds Manchester United are at 906 million, Chelsea 485 million, Arsenal 424 million, and little old Liverpool down there at 371 million. Just out of curiosity, where's Tottenham on that list? Did uh, we break 100? They, 
think you're at about a million, bro. <laughs> no. uh, that, that is just showing. That was just the top five right there that they showed. Oh, okay. Um, so I did not see uh, on that list. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to find that last statistic, but uh, you know it's all good. Um, but I mean, this city team right now, they're they're just they're not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the way to put it. Them boys ain't right, and yeah. it doesn't seem like they've got. It doesn't seem like they have the the grit and the personnel to really just turn it around on a dime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And, I mean, it's frustrating for City fans, both of them. That was was being – real City fans, I got you guys back all day. All day. Uh, Here it is, here it is. That's right. City have lost 10 of their last 36 league games. Liverpool have lost 10 of their last 128 league games. So, um, yeah. But Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really seriously wondering what Pep's going to do because – Pep ain't here to rebuild. Pep's no, built this once. Pep's, Pep doesn't do break down, break something down and rebuild it again. Pep builds it once. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand some of City's summer moves. You you knew you need you need that dominant center half. Koulibaly is there for the taking. Mm-hmm. All, all Napoli said is, all right, just pay us and you can have him. And here they end up on like their third choice of center backs. When we just showed how much money they've spent. Exactly. I mean, you just dropped 60 million pounds. Kick up another 10 and get the guy that you really want. The guy who can come in and potentially put you back as a Premier League team, as a Premier League champion contender, can put you as a team who can win the Champions League. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, why is City cheaping out all of a sudden? I don't think Pep gives a shit that Koulibaly's 29 and Diaz is 23. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see him coaching Diaz when he's 26. You know, so I wonder, I want to know what the backstory is on that, why they didn't go for Koulibaly when it looked like that was like written in the stars that they were going to get Koulibaly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're missing Aguero up front. Jesus is hurt. I mean, this is still a team that can score goals, no doubt about it, but just something about Kun Aguero up front gives them that gives them some of that nasty streak and that bite that they need up front. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, he's he's such a big figure. Um, I think they're missing David Silva, even so much if not so much on the field as I think they're just missing his presence. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you look at City now. This is two straight years they lost um, they lost Company and now Silva in back to back years. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, you know, company obviously was, you know, leader legend. Yeah. And Silva, while maybe not the, you know, vocal leader that company was, I mean, David Silva was still a huge, huge part of that squad. And, you know, Aguero kind of seems to be the next guy up in that group, and he's hurt. I just... um. I wonder a little bit maybe about City's uh, on-field leadership where fabulously talented. 
fabulously talented. We know that. Great players all over the pitch. But sometimes you just need those guys who can put that firm hand in there and be like, oh, no, this isn't happening. Drag you back this way. And, I, I, folks, I know I bring up Liverpool all the time. But what else the hell am I going to talk about? Come on. Because we know this whole show is about me and my interest. Um, True. <laughs> but, you know, when you turn around and you look at Liverpool, I mean, yes, you've got the captain, Jordan Henderson. Well, then you've got Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> You know, you've got uh, you've got Bobby Firmino up front. Uh, you've got Jeannie Vinaldum. Uh, you've got Fabinho. You've got Allison. You've got uh, Andy Robertson. I mean, these are guys who, you know, they they've got leadership roles on their national teams. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Robertson's the captain of Scotland. Uh, Van Dyke's the captain of um, of uh, the Netherlands. Uh, Jeannie mm-hmm. Vinaldum's like the vice captain of the Netherlands. Um, you know, you've got Mane, you've got these kind of guys who, and then, of course, you've got the illustrious James Milner. Um, of course. But, you know, Liverpool, they just, they have these personalities who, when shit starts to go wrong, it's like, okay, hold on, hold on, calm down, take a deep breath. We're going to fix this, and we're going to come back and do our thing now. Where for City, it seems like when City start reeling, ever since they mm-hmm. lost company, when they start reeling, it's kind of like, um... Hey, who's going to step up around here and, you know, who's going to step up and get everybody back on track? And I think that is a big thing that City are kind of missing. They're missing that mental edge that they had for so long. Um, I think they're missing some of it. And two, I just, I can't say it enough. I think, it, I, I've got a feeling we could see one of those Pep Guardiola burnout meltdowns before this season's over. Yeah, I, I agree. And don't get me wrong, it'll be epic. <laughs> you know, Pep's going to need a sabbatical somewhere. <laughs> um, but that's, to me, that is a huge storyline going forward, is to overtake Liverpool in this league this year, be it City, be it Arsenal, be it Chelsea, be it United, which I don't think any of those teams have it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's going to take, it's going to be mental. It's going to be mental fortitude. And I just, I think right now Liverpool are heads and shoulders, head and shoulders above everyone over that right now. That's their big kicker. Mm-hmm. And for City, who talent-wise, squad-wise, is that closest competitor, I think that's where they're severely, severely lagging behind. And we saw it in this match. Absolutely. Um, I did, I think, find a, uh, where you were talking about the, the highest spending team of the decade. Uh-huh. Um and this now the graphic from the article I found this on Sport Bible. Um, it has Manchester City. It's it's sorted, I believe, on here by expenditures. Um, so Man City is number one, Barcelona number two, Chelsea three, uh, United are sixth, Liverpool are ninth, Tottenham are seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that again, that is just in expenditures um, across Europe. Um, but yeah, Ch- Man City won just over a billion pounds um, in in net, as, as you put it. Uh, well, well, far and away the, the leader yeah. there. Uh, PSG and United also high up there. Um, three, I will say, three of the highest spending clubs in the top twenty-five here do actually have a positive balance. Uh, those are Monaco, Dortmund, and Sevilla. So uh, those those three clubs have made more 
than they spent, even though they're the top in the top twenty-five spending right. clubs in Europe. Or just you think, especially Monaco and Dortmund. Just think of some of the names that they sold. Oh yeah, I mean, don't forget this is Dortmund got over a hundred pounds for Usman Dembélé. Yeah, and we're just waiting for Jaden Sancho eventually to leave. Yeah, that'll be next. It looks like that's going to be next summer now. But yes. yeah, I mean, they're just they're just waiting to collect on that one. So, um, so yeah, big, big, big money being spent over there, and they're going to have to see if it if it can start bringing them some wins in the Premier League. Uh, they'll be back on it this Saturday, seven thirty a.m. It's Chelsea versus Palace, ten a.m. Everton versus Brighton and Hove, twelve thirty. That's when City take back to action. They'll be heading to Elan Road, which I know Wes wishes actually had fans in attendance because it would be just amazing. I would say because Um, Leeds hates Manchester almost (laughs) as much, if not as much, as Liverpool hates Manchester. (laughs) City rivalries here. Oh, man. Everybody in Leeds like, fuck City. All my homies hate City. Um, But, yeah, Leeds, uh, this, this could be... I know I, I know every time I say this it ends up being like one nil. This could be like six six. I would I which would be very enjoyable. Um and then at three o'clock you get Newcastle Burnley. So there's that. Um Sunday, six matches, a rarity this year in the Premier League. Seven AM, you can either have Leicester West Ham or Southampton West Brom. Nine AM you can have Arsenal Sheffield or Wolves versus Fulham. At 11.30, it's Manchester United versus Tottenham. Josie revisiting one of his former clubs. And then at 2.15, it's Villa versus Liverpool. Wes's favorite team versus his second oh, favorite team. What am I going to do? We know what I'm going to do. Don't even think twice. Oh, so that is that is your week in uh, in action this weekend. Tottenham, Tottenham uh, As we look at the table. Tottenham United's a big one. Um just because that's two teams right now who are not off to the best start. Mm-hmm. And that could swing some confidence for both of those clubs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I especially think for Tottenham, mm-hmm. uh, given what we can talk about with the League Cup and hopefully in the Europa League match that's tomorrow, um, Tottenham might be might be starting to build some momentum here. Um, but they are not at the top of the table. Three teams are Leicester, Liverpool, and Everton, all on nine points. Right behind them with six points are Villa, Arsenal, Palace, and Leeds. And then three teams with four points are Tottenham, Chelsea, and Newcastle. Um, at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, three teams have zero points. They are Burnley, Sheffield United, and Fulham. Um, those teams will be looking to start making some moves to stay up in the Premier League. Um, so League Cup. League Cup happened. Uh, we had some big matches coming through here in the fourth round. Uh, Tottenham actually got to play. When last we left, we didn't know if they were going to get to play Leighton Orient. They did not. Uh, they, that was a forfeit. Um, but oh, it does <laughs> But it does look like, uh, I believe, Tottenham, they either already have or are going to uh, give them the money they would have gotten through the uh, the TV revenue for the match and, and whatnot. I think it would have been like 150,000 um, pounds. So they're going to do that. And I also know a lot of Tottenham fans bought a, a lot of Leighton Orient gear from their online store to try and support them. So uh, so good. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get a little later into our um, into our when we break down our athletic stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
there's well, there, there's a lot to that where the Premier League needs to step up, I think, right now and really help out the rest of the football league. We can get to that later, though. I actually think I know which article you're talking about, too. Yeah. Uh, but, um, anyway, uh, so with the League Cup, uh, there are still a few matches to be played on Thursday. Can't get to those yet, but we can get to the ones that have already been played. Tottenham, by God. They done won themselves a penalty shootout. I cannot believe it. Uh, Tottenham won, Chelsea won. Uh, Timo Werner gets his first goal in Chelsea Blue in the 19th minute uh, through a a bit of a miscue from the person Wes was, I believe, referring to earlier, uh, Serge Regulon, who had come on uh, from Real Madrid along with that other guy, Bale. Um, But I'll tell you what, he made the mistake, didn't let it get him down, and played like a damn firecracker the rest of the match, uh, and eventually uh, set up the equalizing goal in the 83rd minute for Eric Lamella uh, with a good uh, pass off the uh, down the left wing as he was running down the channel. And uh, yeah, this getting getting to see Tottenham play with with wing fullbacks attacking again, and they're not Serge Aurier. Oh man, that was that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I love you, Serge. You still played well, too. Don't worry about it. Um, so Lamella with the equalizer, and then it went to penalties. Tottenham, shockingly, went five for five. Chelsea, Mason Mount, the last man up, missed his wide of the goal, and Tottenham celebrated at still-to-be-named Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, also of note in this match, I mentioned Eric Dyer uh, in their match against Newcastle. Yeah, I had that was the second dumbest thing that happened to him that week. Uh, in this match, he had to go take a shit in the middle of the game. <laughs> so. Oh man, after my own heart. <laughs> and then the best part of it was he later posts a picture with the man of the match yeah. award on top of the toilet and gives the shitter the man of the match. <laughs> that, that toilet man of the match for helping just suck the poop right out of him. Oh man. Uh, so Di- Eric Dyer. I, I don't know if I'll ever see that again. That is, he will, he will fight for his family. He will fight for his friends, and he will fight the shit right out of him. Anyway, uh, the, Tottenham, best part, the best part was that Josie followed him down. What yeah. are you? What are you? <laughs> everybody's like, everybody's like, oh, I guess Eric Dyer is being substituted. Nope, just had to use the bathroom. Oh man. So where'd I for next time, Eric? Um, oh. Tottenham. Big win for them. They they advance to the quarterfinals. And Frank we were, Lampard. We were athletes, you know, you know it's mm-hmm. crucial. Take that pregame dump. Yes, it is. That's not even I mean, a joke. That's, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing 45 minutes before every game is I'm emptying those battles. Hey, 15 minutes before every podcast. I'm just flushing the system. Oh my goodness. I made, I made a pregame before this one myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so tottenham uh talking about snowballing getting that momentum hopefully this can lead them because this was this was a big deal especially after josie said that didn't matter anymore so big big ups to them um also oh, out on, there on we, we've, we've got to, we've got to touch on just a little bit josie says it doesn't matter we don't want to be in this competition Damn it. Okay. as i told you welcome to Wembley. oh yeah oh yeah this it is we, we we should mention this is the competition Josie has won the most times in his career. Four four League Cup trophies. Four. 
So. And this whole thing just makes me think Josie really does want to win this trophy, but he's going out there doing his typical Josie reverse psychology. We do not want to win this. Like, yeah, fuck you. We're going to win this. He's going to be holding the trophy at Wembley in favor, and he's be like, "I didn't even want to win this. It just, it just happened. It just, I don't, I don't know how I got here. I don't want this, but since I want it, praise me. I'm special. <laughs> and believe me, I need three hundred million pounds. Oh yes. Now, now you can have it all that you've won the League Cup, the most important cup in the world. Um, Newport, Newport County, out of uh, out of League Two, almost. Got one over on Newcastle, but I guess Newcastle's just leaving that charmed life right now. Uh, as the Dark Lord himself, John Joe Voldemort, scored in the 87th minute uh, to break uh, the lead for Newport. And then they also lost in penalties. Um, there was an early miss from Newcastle from Jolenton, but unfortunately, two misses from Newport sealed the deal. Uh, they are out of the competition. Um, elsewhere, pretty pretty comfortable wins for both Man City and Man United. Uh, 3-0, City's win over Burnley, continuing their draft start to the season. And then United said, ah, it was so much fun beating Brighton Hove on the weekend. We'll do it again. This time, they didn't even need to cheat to do it. I'm kidding, or am I? 3-0 was the scoreline there as well. Um, and then Everton, hey, still undefeated on the season. They win 4-1 over West Ham. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin with the hat trick there. And, uh, hey, they're looking good. But God help them if they run into Liverpool's under-23 team in the next round. That's, uh, that's, about, that's about to be England's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yes. Uh, he's, he's, he, is, aside, he is looking quite good. Um, uh, Liverpool's so under-23s, man. They're ready. <laughs> the uh, the matches we cannot talk about are Brentford versus Fulham, Stoke versus Aston Villa, and Liverpool versus Arsenal. Another repeat. So um, so we'll have to see how those goes. And that will make Millie time. <laughs> that will make up your quarterfinals, which will be played in late December. So a big long League Cup break. The uh, the week before Christmas will be the next time we see the League Cup. Thank. God, what 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 better Christmas present, I say. Um, so now an actual thing people want to watch: the Champions League. It's already back. We it's barely been gone, and, and now we're back. <laughs> um, we are finally through the qualification. Um, so here are your teams. Pop one: you have Bayern Munich, uh, Sevilla, Real, Liverpool, Juventus, PSG, Zenit, and Porto. Those are your uh, league winners along with the Champions League winner and uh, Europa League winner. Pot two has Barcelona, Atletico, City, United, Shakhtar, Dortmund, Chelsea, and Ajax. Pot three has Kiev, Red Bull Salzburg, Red Bull Leipzig, uh, Inter, Lazio, Atalanta, Olympiacos, and Krasnodar. Pot four has Lokomotiv, Marseille, Bruges, Mönchengladbach, uh, Bashakshir, Michelin, Reigns, and Ferenc Veros. Sure. Straight um, up Bruges. <laughs> um, Wes, any... Uh, now, obviously, we, we should remind people when they draw, uh, you cannot be drawn with a team from your own uh, confederation. So Liverpool cannot be drawn into a group 
with either Chelsea, City, or United from pot two. It will have to be one of the other five teams. Um, clearly, you are full of confidence, so I will not ask you who you fear in, in these pot two, three, and four draws. Are there, are there any teams from pot two, three, and four you'd like to see in Liverpool's group to have some fun matches. Maybe maybe Dortmund to renew the, the club versus Dortmund narrative that definitely can still be kept alive. Or or maybe uh maybe Inter. I don't know. Um well sure. I mean that that would always be a um I mean that would always be a a really marquee one would be uh Liverpool and Dortmund. I mean, we know that that would always be really tasty, as they like to say. That would be a tasty <laughs> one. Um, obviously, Liverpool-Barcelona would be interesting. A uh, rematch with Atletico would be interesting. Yeah. Um, well, shit. I mean, it's kind of got to be one of those almost. Yeah. <laughs> Since the other three damn English teams are all in pot two, which I can't figure out. But anyway, uh, Shakhtar is in there. Ajax is in there. Um. Yeah. Uh, pot three. Uh, RB Leipzig and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, that's where uh, Navi Keita came from. We mm-hmm. were in talks with Timo Werner for a long time. Uh, Inter was, would be interesting in pot three. Go ahead. What were you gonna say about Leipzig? I was just gonna say Leipzig. Uh, they were in Liverpool's group last year, correct? No, no. We had Salzburg. That's right. I always mix the two Red Bulls up. It's also also in pot three, Salzburg. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, looking though, um, Inter obviously is the big name in pot three. Um, uh, Atalanta was one of the darlings of the Champions League last year. Uh, Gasparini plays that really high octane style, which so you think that in Liverpool that would be really freaking cool to see matched up with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salzburg back in there in pot three. Uh, we actually played them in a friendly and drew back, um, you know, when we were playing friendlies. <laughs> uh, pot four, Munchen Gladbach. So, you know, pot four actually has some interesting um, old school Liverpool ties. Uh, Munchen Gladbach, we beat them for, um, I believe it was our first European Cup. We beat Munchen Gladbach and then we beat Bruges for our second European Cup. Hmm. So I, I would uh, multi Gladback would I obviously I think I think out of pot four that's probably your most difficult team in pot four. Uh, Marseille obviously down there as well. Uh, Renier, um, uh, Basakshir, your um, Turkish champions from last year. They put some money into that squad, so they're pretty strong. But uh, yeah, I mean I'd love to see maybe well and another one with Bruges that would bring. Um, Simon Minule back to Anfield. And ah, yes. We know how those goals fly in on Minule's in the. <laughs> uh, so let's see. If I had to throw together a really cool group, um, best Liverpool could ask for, I'll say Shakhtar, um, Krasnodar, and <laughs> Bruges. Mm-hmm. Um, the trendy one uh, would be, I'll say trendy would be um, Dortmund, Inter, and Munchen Gladbach. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. Never mind. Yep. Never mind. Yep. Uh, Dortmund, Inter, and um, 
Marseille. Okay. That would be brutal. Um, throw in a <laughs> group of death would be Liverpool, uh, Barcelona, Inter, and um, Mönchengladbach. That'd be your mm-hmm. group of death. And yeah, once again, let's see. Poor, poor. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Who's our God? Enter. All of a sudden, I've lost his name. Conte? Let's see. Poor, poor Conte. God, I, I literally think he would, you know, he could go active shooter after that one. I think it would <laughs> I hate to joke about that, but, you know, that's his son. So, she thinks I'm into me. I'm It would be so brutal if they got put in that group. Because, and last year, so last year they were in. What group were they in? I'm, I'm pulling it up real quick here. Um, they were because I thought they Arson Dortmund. Uh, yes, yes, that was their group. That was their group last year. Was Barca, Dortmund, and Inter. And I want to say the year before that they were like in a group with Barca and Tottenham. Yeah, um, yeah, Inter have gotten shit on the last few years. Yes, yeah, that was a Barca, Barca, Tottenham, Eindhoven group. Yeah. Ooh. Craziness, man. Oh, that would that would be rough if they drew if they drew like if they That's drew Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool Barcelona, Barcelona and like Mönchengladbach. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean I mean, don't worry, I mean I'd still feel comfortable with my draw. <laughs> oh sure. Absolutely. I'd hate it for Conte. Not really, but I'd hate it for Conte. <laughs> Jeez, I'd oh, hate to man. see a miserable Victor Conte. Wearing his sad little hat. But yeah, uh, I think mm-hmm. you know, looking at pot one, I'm gonna tell you, damn. Bayern Liverpool PSG Juve Real. Mm-hmm. They stick out in pot one. Mm-hmm. Sevilla, Porto, Zenit. That's who you want out of pot one. Sure. Um, pot two could be really strong. Uh, Shakhtar and Ajax are the two that I think everybody wants mm-hmm. out of that group. Um, pot three, I mean, Leipzig, Inter, Atalanta, Lazio. Those mm-hmm. are probably your strongest pot threes. And I'd say Mönchengladbach, Marseille. Out of pot four, I don't. I don't think pot four has a lot that can really move the needle this year. But um, man, pot two could be damn brutal. And the the whole fact yeah. that three of the eight teams in pot two are English teams, yeah. I mean, that just kind of <clears throat> you know that that limits what can happen in some of these. So um, that's well, the other be- big thing. Is, uh, there's two. There's two Spanish teams in pot one. And there's two Spanish teams in pot two. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got all eight English and Spanish teams are in pot one and two. Yeah. So you're obviously going to get some intermingling there. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, so basically, unless Inter get a good draw, basically whoever pops in with Inter is going to be group of death. Probably, yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, you could have... God, you could have Bayern, Barcelona enter. Yeah. Yes, you could. You could have Bayern City enter. 
Fuck. Oh, man. I would not say that. God, I'd love to see City go out in the group stage. <laughs> that would be it. You wanted, you wanted the pet meltdown? There it is. God, if, there it is. If basically, if if by Christmas City are out of the Champions League and are like 15 points behind Liverpool in the league, <laughs> and somehow they get knocked out of the League Cup, the League Cup would be <laughs> the one that would just end it. But just this, like, is mine. this is mine! Twice! Twice! <laughs> Poor poor Pep. We will mourn him. So that's your Champions League. Uh, we will talk more about when the draw takes place next week. Uh, that will be a lot of fun to go through and start really digging into the matchups that can happen and, and how Inter will totally get dicked over. Um, as for Europa, Tottenham just have to get through one more match. One more match. They got past Skindija 3-1, and uh, and now they just need to get past uh, Maccabi Haifa out of Israel. But this match actually gets to be in, in London, so that's great. Um, so Tottenham, with the win, will make the Europa League group stage and uh, would join into pot one uh, with them. So that'll be that'll be very very interesting to see that draw as well. All right, Wes, let's hit the news and notes. Um, big news starting off again. We we sort of alluded to it earlier, um, and this is from the Athletic. Uh, they had an exclusive Premier League referees given new interpretation of handball handball rule. Basically, they can't change the rule because the rule was set by the International Football Association Board, so they can't change it for reasons, but basically referees will now have a, a better say of exactly what it is and allow for some more lenience. Um, anything that hits a hand above the head in the box, for example, it's to be a penalty, but a deflection off a hand by a player's side would be viewed differently. Um, big key, though, in this ruling is a little sentence right here. Uh, for example, the penalties given against Joel Ward, Joel Ward or Victor, Lind- Victor Lindelof this weekend might not have been spot kicks, but the handball decision against Dyer or Neil Maupay, for example, would still stand. And that really bothers me because Dyer's feels like the worst fucking one of the ball. So if if the rule change, or or I guess not rule change, but but discretionary change or interpretation change doesn't correct shit like that. Then what are we even doing? What I, I can't. And yes, I am. I'm super Homer. I do understand that. I, I get it. Folks. Man, how dare you be a Homer on this podcast? <laughs> um, Down the middle. Like I am. Yeah. But the dire handball is one of the single worst calls I've ever seen in my life. And the problem is, I don't even think it was a referee issue. I don't even think it was necessarily a VAR issue. I think it's just a terrible rule. And and if referees, I know I know we did it to to make it so that the handball rule is more black and white. But if you don't allow any leniency for someone something like this, I just I don't I don't know what we're even doing anymore then. And and I'm 
I was filled with anticipation that, ooh, maybe this will be something really good. But reading that sentence for both Mopes and Dyers, that they probably still stand. I'm, I'm sorry, it's just not enough. I know they can't break away from, or they can't break away from the IFB rule without basically leaving FIFA, which, hey, Brexit Part 2, Electric Boogaloo, let's do it. <laughs> That's next. Uh, but I, I don't understand how stuff like that is a handball. I, I, I just, I don't get it, Wes. I don't. Well, here's the thing. Something had to be done. Because as of right now, the Premier League is on pace to have over 300 penalty kicks this season. The record yep. is 112. <laughs> this is completely unacceptable. So something is better than nothing. But yeah, it's still just, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm very, and, and the worst part was in that whole thing was just about a minute earlier, a Newcastle player had basically done the same thing and it wasn't reviewed. So I'm not, it, it's not even that there's like, oh, at least they've introduced consistency. Like, this was reviewed for some reason, but the lead-up, and what could have been, if that penalty had been given, that would have made it 2-0 uh, Tottenham. And the game's pretty much over at that point. So I just, I there needs to be, if they actually want it to be for consistency, then they also have to change when they will review plays and stuff. So Which, yay, more VAR. That's, that's what we all wanted. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, this was a story, uh, all about how my, my life got flipped, turned upside down. Um, if you are a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and this is one we missed, uh, back in July, at least talking about on the podcast, uh, Sheffield Wednesday was actually deducted 12 points to start this season. Um, they breached rules, including the sale of their Hillsborough stadium home in their 2017, 18 accounts, despite the ground being sold a year later. Um, so they were deducted a, a big amount of points to start the year and will have to fight their way out of relegation, uh, from league one. So, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, let me see. There was some other stuff that happened. There were some other, uh, transfers, of course, as we're getting close to the end of this transfer window. Um, one that stuck out to me was a loan. Ross Barkley is leaving Chelsea on loan to Aston Villa. Um, that was a bit of an eye catcher. Um, obviously, this was a runs heralded prospect at Everton, then moved to Chelsea, and now is not being able to find his his way to Frank Lampard's starting starting eleven, and will be heading over to Villa. Uh, as as we talked about earlier, Ruben Diaz going from uh, Benfica to Man City. Um, Trying to think of any others that happen. Uh, Adamola Lookman is joining Fulham from uh, RB Leipzig uh, on a loan. We saw him in the uh, the Champions League uh, just a month ago, and he he really impressed out of out of the uh, out of the Leipzig Leipzig side. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Wes, anything you're looking towards um, as we as we come up on the close? 
pretty soon of the uh, the transfer market? Um, from the Liverpool camp, um, some questions around the future of Ream Brewster. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested to see the Liverpool team for the League Cup because Brewster nor Harry Wilson were – well, Harry Wilson was in the team last week, didn't play. Brewster wasn't even in the team. I mean, there's talk of a permanent sale for Brewster with a buyback clause later down the road. Um, and apparently there's a, there are about seven or eight Premier League teams that are really, really in on him. Uh, I mean, Kid Show, he can score goals. Had a really nice loan at um, Swansea last year. And, of mm-hmm. course, Harry Wilson was one of the bright spots for Bournemouth as they got relegated last year. So, uh, also, Marco Gruich could also be on his way out. We'll have to see. Um, uh, Jaden Sancho, if that does – Dortmund are pretty <laughs> steadfast saying they're not selling Sancho. I don't think it's going to happen this summer. Mm-hmm. United apparently are looking at Usman Dembele uh, on loan as a backup deal. Yikes is all I can say <laughs> because, I mean, Dembele is fabulously talented. Yikes, what a fucking head case. <laughs> He'd be perfect at United, right? <laughs> yeah, he'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Go in and help the young guys. Yeah, right. Um, so, anyway. Um, Chelsea, do they still have another move in them for in the back? Uh, Declan Rice is still the big name floating around there. Frank Lampard wants him, wants him bad. Wants to play him as a center half. So that's definitely one to keep your eye on. That would be a big move, England International. Mm-hmm. West Ham's best player, youngster too. Um, so yeah, there's still there's still a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, we'll just have to see how it all pans out. But I think there are still moves that are. Going. Mm-hmm. I just recently heard about uh, Vinicius, not the one that's at Real Madrid, but uh, I believe he's over in. Porto has been linked to maybe Tottenham. Um, but one big one that I'm sorry. Is that gonna be Vinicius the third? Yes. Son, son, of, son of Vinicius Jr. <laughs> um one big one, and hey, this is another USA success story. Uh, we talked about Weston McKinney heading to Juventus. Um, some other big players have been have been going around Europe and now Sergino Dest. Has uh looks like he's heading to Barcelona from Ajax. Mm-hmm. So yeah, another just for a moment last week, but yeah, that doesn't like it's coming. Yeah, through. yeah. So a uh, big big moment for him, and uh, maybe again uh, just nineteen. So good good move for him, and see if he can actually break into the team there. Um, so that will I think do it for for this part. Uh, oh, yeah, Nicolas Otamendi left Man City for Benfica. So I think that. he was kind of like a make way um, to get mm-hmm. the money right at the Diaz move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, trying to think of anything else. Um, so with that, uh, I think this is the part of the pod where we pimp the athletic. And so, Wes, you already mentioned it earlier, so why don't you go ahead and uh, show us what you've been checking out on the the fantastic site that is the athletic this past week. So I'm been hard this week. I got I got a little handful of stories this Ooh, week. I'm excited. Well, let's start off and pop your balloon real quick. Uh, right. Daniel Taylor, maybe Josie has a point about Deli Ali. 
<laughs> yeah. That was a good article. Yep. Yeah, unless you're Deli Ali and then it's like, yeah. shh, <laughs> happened to my life. Um, so that would not be the decline at this point. You know, we, we're not going to call it the fall of England's golden boy, but mm-hmm. he's, he's slipping off that edge yeah. quicker as we as we watch. Uh, Raphael, the uh, former Manchester United winger, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Uh, did, had a really good um, interview in here. Uh, uh, Raphael uncensored. Uh, misery under Van Hall, defending Solskjaer, and the joke that was Alexis Sanchez. It's it's the joke that keeps on giving at this point. I think I'll don't hold back. I'll give him that. I, obviously, I wasn't a fan. But he, he don't he don't he don't do nothing back. Um, <laughs> uh, inside now, this is this is my shit. This is one of the reasons that, like, in two weeks, I am so ready to hand the the athletic my money for the next uh, twelve months. Panic nurse game skip medicals inside the last week of a transfer window. Ooh, yeah. That was really good. the headline. Really yeah. um, uh, And here's some of the ones that have just come out. Uh, it feels like no one wants you. Why 2020 is a tough time to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. That was a really interesting story just talking about. You know, and mostly it's the guys in the lower leagues. You're talking League 1, League 2 here. Um, mm-hmm. who these teams have like no money and no wiggle room right now. So like good serviceable players who are the guys who fill out your squad and give you that little bit of extra. Um, they're just kind of sitting out there and nobody's signing anybody right now. So these guys, a lot of them are kind of at a crossroad of their careers in life. You know, they're in their early thirties. What am I going to do next? You know, I know I'm not going to play for a premier league team or even a championship team, but you know, I'm not, quite ready to hang it up yet. Um, why clubs are struggling to sell lame duck players. Uh, you've got guys in there off the top of the head, uh, Ganduzi, Ozil, uh, players such as that who are owed big money. Um, why is it so hard to get rid of them? And I think it's because, you know, teams are scouting better and they're like, well, wait a minute, this is your paying them a shit ton of money. I mean, we want to pay them a shit ton of money. Yeah. You know, hey, we don't want passengers either. Um, the one we touched on earlier, football is facing an emergency more than ever. It is time for solidarity. Really good article from Oliver K. Uh, he makes the point, you know, and this was just part of the story, but I thought it was a big part of it. The Premier League is going to have to help. Yeah. League One, League Two, somewhat the championship, but really League One, League Two. I think it is the... I think it's the duty of the Premier League to do this. Um, you know me. I'm Mr. Free Market here. I'm Mr. Capitalism Free Market <laughs> all day. But, mm-hmm. you know, these League One, League Two, National League teams, they are so important to the integrity and the 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 interwoven, I guess, history of of this sport in England that we've got to save these clubs. Mm-hmm. It's just it's got to happen. You know, A, these are these are your feeder systems, you know I don't God, I'm like I'm not even great with the words right now to put this. It's just it must be done. And the Premier League, you know, Sheik Mansoor, mm-hmm. open up the checkbook, help out, buddy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Roman. You know, maybe we don't buy another 
you know, the fullback just for the hell of it. And I won't tell the sheep that, but, um, you know, just they, they've got to, they've got to do something, man. They've got to help. We can't, we can't have these teams falling away from us. We can't yeah. we, just for, for, like I said, the integrity of everything, we can't have it happen. Uh, skipping over real quick. Of course, once again, college football, the, the recruiting continues. Their stuff's great on that. A pair of articles about Steve Spurrier. Oh, you either love him, you hate him, <laughs> or you hated him, and now you're kind of like, ah, you know, Spurrier was fun at least. <laughs> I'm in that camp. God, I hated Steve Spurrier. Now I'm like, I kind of miss Steve Spurrier. Fuck him. Um, <clears throat> the latest one came out Steve Spurrier, the villain the SEC needed. Um, that was a good one. And then last week, actually, there was one called Young Spurrier in Tennessee. Uh, when did head ball coach learn to tweak his foes? <laughs> and that's that's really good. the the opening the uh, the opening two paragraphs of that one opening three paragraphs of that one are really really fun to read really fun uh, and the last one going to pin when those who know Pat McAfee knew he was different Pat McAfee <laughs> insane yeah and I love Pat McAfee for that I, Pat McAfee has recently wrestled Adam Cole I mean, <laughs> who am I gonna hate on Pat McAfee uh, we don't care for the NFL. But Pat McAfee is like, God, he's like the shining beacon of everything, really. This guy does not, he does not rest. He works and he puts out amazingly fun content. And the guy's just fun, by God. And the stories are incredible. He is, I mean, he is like that guy. It's like we all knew somebody kind of like Pat McAfee in college. And Pat McAfee mm-hmm. just brings like all together. Oh, man. Um. So I will go with one article that uh, I really enjoyed reading. Uh, the headline caught my attention, and I just like had to dive in. Uh, Death threats and an idiot: How Fox Sports changed the NFL TV experience. Um, this this was a big one because uh, when once once the Fox got the NFL, they had this amazing idea to always have the score and time on the screen, which was a bizarre concept, apparently, at the time, mm-hmm. um, back in 1994. But, uh, yeah, it goes into that and, and plenty more with, uh, with Fox coming on after they had won the, uh, the vastly overpaid for the rights to the NFL. Um, but, yeah, that was a big turning point in how I think a lot of people watch the NFL and their ability to market it to the uh, the casual fan. Um, I, I think I remember Fox coming. I, I remember because I was that was like a sweet spot for me. I was like 11, 12 years old. <laughs> and I loved the NFL at that point in my life. And um, God, I remember going to Fox and Jesus, um, you know, Jimmy Johnson and, um, you know, that group, Terry Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. Man, they were fun. It was it was totally different because you know you had CBS and NBC doing the games, mm-hmm. and of course Monday Night Football was on ABC, and they were just you know they were more old school the way they did things. And here came Fox with um with the graphics and they just you know they really kind of kicked it into the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yes, very where, much so. Where with CBS it was still like well it's like the mid eighties. <laughs> yeah, you know, somebody get Jimmy the Greek. 
No, wait, uh, don't get Jimmy the Greek. Please, God, no. Uh, I think as somebody commented, it was like, I don't, it doesn't matter what I watch, but when I watch CBS, I feel like I'm watching TV with my grandmother. I was like, well, that's not, not too off the mark. Um, so yeah, check that article out. Two other, I, I hesitate to call them articles, articles because I don't really know that they are. They're part of the uh, the somewhat new venture that the athletic is doing to be more, have more like quick updated art, articles, I guess, as breaking stuff happens. Uh-huh. So one here, uh, both of these just came out about six hours ago. First one, don't don't know how I feel about this, but we're gonna we're gonna go with it. Uh, Major League Baseball to allow fans at the NLCS and World Series in Arlington. Um, the league announced Wednesday that about 11,500 tickets, 950 of which will be for suites, uh, will be sold at Globe Life Field, the home of the Rangers, which seats a maximum of about 40,000. Um, no details have been announced about the ALCS, which will be in uh, San Diego. Um very, very interesting decision, to say the least. I think for Major League Baseball, um, that's a that's a very big number. I know they've done some pilot, um, pilot tests in England with uh, not not some Premier. I think one Premier League club tried it. I mean, it was Brighton. Yeah, and Brighton. Uh, um, uh, Chelsea. No, it was it was Brighton. Another one, Chelsea. Um. No, I thought I thought it was against Chelsea. Is what I meant. There was someone else who did it too, but I th- I thought it was Brighton Chelsea. Anyway, not important. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be interesting. And as and as one commentator com- commenter commenter excuse me put it, um, with only eleven about eleven thousand tickets available, most will probably go to corporate sponsors and insiders. Mm-hmm. Given scarcity and pent up demand for in person sports. Tickets on the secondary market will likely cost the price of an entry-level motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and what's what's go ahead? No, no, I want you to go. You go. I was just gonna say what what I kind of find fascinating about this is, at least as of right now, for the NLCS, there are no Texas clubs in there. So, if you're going to go to the game, it's literally because you're then either a fan of. I mean, it could be the Yankees or the Indians, which Indians may be less so, or, oh, I'm, no, I'm sorry, those are the American League clubs. Uh, it would either be the Dodgers or Brewers, the Padres or Cardinals. Not the Braves. The, the Braves, but in, in Texas? And then the uh, Reds and uh, then Marlins and Cubs. Well, that's, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a little weird. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about this. Just... Well, no, here's my thing. I don't have an issue with them letting fans in at this point. College football's been doing it, and apparently things are working out pretty well with that. Mm-hmm. Trust me, if they can make it work with college football. Come on, you make it work with just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's outdoors. You limit those numbers. You can spread people out. That's not an issue here. Um. Yeah, I don't really understand the whole where they're holding it, but anyway. Um, what do you mean? Like, I mean, like, why are we doing this in Texas? Why are we doing this in San Diego? Oh, so, it's it's like what it's like what the NBA did with the uh, like the the bubble system. Yeah, 
Well, I don't know. I mean, my whole problem with that is, I mean, shit, you've been letting them play home and away all season. Hmm. But whatever. Um, it's probably it's probably also partly because of the compressed schedule that they're trying to run. True. Because they're running, like, everything. Okay, I can get with that. That's fine. But, yeah, it is kind of weird where they're having it. But, anyway. Um, well, the Astros are still in, so. But that's yeah. that. Yeah. Um, now, why they had the ALCS in Texas? Oh, actually, you know, it's probably because they didn't want actually a team to be at the home park because right, San right. Diego is in, so they wouldn't want San Diego, the Padres, to play in their home park. Yeah, so, so I mean, that does make sense. Makes sense. I get that. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have an issue with it. Um, so far, so good. You know, we haven't heard about any huge outbreaks from the college football games, which, I mean, is full of a bunch of damn college kids. So somehow if they're not doing it, you know, maybe we can trust the corporate people. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, the other article, though, um, that is an update, is something we literally just talked about like 20 minutes ago. Um, the Premier League is ready to lobby for change to controversial handball law. They are actually going to go to the IFAB and say, hey, you guys need to change this shit. It's bad. Um, so they are going to see if they can get uh, an amendment um, and see if uh, and see if they can they can have a change. And the Eric Dyer penalty is specifically said uh, there have been numerous controversial handball decisions already this season with the issue coming to a head after Tottenham Hotspur defender Eric Dyer conceded a penalty against Newcastle United on Saturday and the ball was headed against his arm from behind. Um, the Premier League is also hoping that IFAB will issue further guidance on arms above shoulder height that will enable its officials not to award a penalty if there is a repeat of the Dyer incident. It's literally just going to be called the Dyer Amendment. Just get used to it. It's the Dyer Amendment. The Dyer Pooping Amendment will be coming later, I'm sure. But uh, the, that's when we get bathroom breaks. So it water tell break. me that this is the hill that the Premier League is willing to die on. Apparently. Apparently. Uh, apparently. So there oh. you go. That's that's how good the athletic is, though. We had we had real criticisms of what the Premier League wanted to do, and boom, Athletic comes out and says, "Hey, we got you. We got you. We got we got an update for you." So we'll see if the Premier League actually wants to do it and actually. You athletic, you're our friend. He is. Please sponsor us. Um. Oh, let's do watch four. Wes, watching. Week was. Week will be. What you doing? Um, I'm three episodes into this season's Archer. Hey, me too. And it is fantastic. It is great. Oh my god! His, uh, the the Archer serial figures rivalry is at an all time high. We're really, really not doing phrasing anymore. Oh, they've outlawed phrasing. This is horrible things that they've done to poor Sterling. <laughs> um, his his uh, his lack of being able to um, find a proper valet. <laughs> just, it devastates me as much as him. Um, the fact that he's carrying around uh, uh, turquoise <laughs> turquoise uh, uh, aquarium rocks. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is absolutely great. Archer is just. It's it is it is god level television. 
It's so good. It's so quick. It's so smart. It's so excellent. I, I love their continued trend of uh, having guest stars come on and look exactly like the actors that are voicing them. Like to the point so, I was like in the first the, like, that's that's Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Yeah. No, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. And the I know the guy who who's Lana's husband now. Like I knew man, he's I don't know his name. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in Silicon Valley. Um the place I know him most and will always go back to is he was the guy on community. His name was Professor Sheffield who had taught the class on who's the boss. And, <laughs> and Abed, yes, Angel. <laughs> and Abed make, made him have a nervous breakdown. Um, so that's, but I was like, oh, that's him. Because it looks and sounds exactly like him. So, uh, and, the, and the main reason I bring this up is because Art Sterling Archer does not look like H. John Benjamin in the slightest. God, no. H. John Benjamin... The, the whole fact that, like, we watched Archer for nearly a decade, yeah. like, and then H. John Benjamin starts doing Arby's commercials. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so you look at me like, what the hell? Is now, of course, a lot of people watch Bob's Burgers. I, I, never, I, I didn't do Bob's Burgers. It doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. If it does it for you, great. Great. It's mm-hmm. funny. It just doesn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, except for the uh, Archer crossover to Bob's Burgers. Yes. Really great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, you, you hear, I mean, the voice of Sterling Archer is just perfect. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you see this suave, you know, good looking Sterling Archer. And then you see H. John Benjamin, you're like, what the hell happened to this guy? <laughs> I mean, either that, or he's a can of, uh, mixed vegetables, a vegetable medley. <laughs> oh, wet hot American summer. You so disappointed, but we're still all oh, there. Oh, man. I know. I know. What a great movie slash show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's my go-to this week. Is, it's Archer. You guys know uh, I'm still censusing. Hmm. Four days. So, um, yeah, I'll start working on some other shows. But, uh, yeah, Archer has, Archer's been um, very good first three episodes. So I, I like that they're back in the spy world. Yes, yes. And, and I've already got, uh, got Daniel the hell out of uh, Krieger this year. So. Yes. Oh, man. Just, it, like, considering he hadn't done it in a couple years, and, like, <laughs> as soon as the van blows up. Oh, you, it was coming. You just know. You just know. Oh, Krieger, no, not the van. <laughs> oh, man. They're, they're... all to hell. <laughs> Oh man, the return of Conway Stearns. Oh yeah, uh, Conway Stern. And um, I guess we're gonna get all the returns. Apparently, Barry's back this week. Yeah, very excited. Barry, Barry, no longer Barry Six, just normal Barry again. Barry, as, as normal as he could be. Yeah, I, uh, think I think he's supposed to be like somewhat a sympathetic character this week. So. Of course, got got it. Got to finally do it in season eleven. <sighs> um, also, do you know? I don't know if you caught. Uh, who played uh, Hands on the the episode? I did not. Um, it was Janet from The Good Place. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh Janet! Oh, uh, Good Place season four is out on uh, Netflix now. 
hey you can finally watch it or hulu or something yeah i can finally watch it so that that's one i'll be getting on um uh when i'm done censusing oh enjoy it's uh it's a ride i will say that but for our final watch for let's break down the good old debate (laughs) yeah let's not hey ed touch that with a 10-foot pole ever. No, I'm good. I'm good. Good. And you and me, we, we like each other, right? Yes. I'd say at this point, we like each other. And we can also admit our politics may not always mesh. So, Ed, let's just be human beings. Let's not touch this debate with a 10-foot pole, okay? <laughs> hey, Ed, I not still like it, As far as I, I'm concerned, it didn't happen. So, oh, I, I didn't watch it. For the love of America, I wish it hadn't happened. Oh, man. Apparently players are getting interviewed mid-playoff game. Interesting. Um, so, with that, what thank you, Brandon McCarthy. That, because, <laughs> um, hey, in case you didn't notice, my watch for it was also Archer this week. Um, that will bring us to the end of this edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening in this week. Uh, as always, it was presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, you can find them on the social media as well as us on Twitter as a collective. We are at AFA pod, AFA pod. Yeah, that's it. At AFA pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. I've done this like over 300 times. I'm at Edward green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, the all new sports show and email us at all new sports show at gmail.com. Uh, and you can also thank our podcast providers, including podbean.com. Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I sometimes I will I will just start doing this from memory and like muscle memory. And part of me wanted to start saying, you can also send your letters and parcels to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. Uh, yeah, you still can. It would be funny if you did, but just know we will never get it if you do it. an art gallery now? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm telling you, it is. I was up there like... Oh, oh it is. Oh, wait, yeah, what? It's an art gallery? The other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like a little art gallery up there, and somebody else is using it like for office space or something. Did they, uh, are the... This this obviously plays very well for people on the podcast. Did they uh did they are the the home health services are they still there? I wanna say yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like an amalgam of things up there now. Great. Wonderful. They're the science and technology building at Wesley. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've still never been to. That's uh, not true. I I did go there like once. I think. Mm-hmm. Not 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 when anything was actually in there. I I went when he was when he was being scouted. It's a nice little studio. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's fantastic. Totally. Taking taking <laughs> taking the high road. Um, you can take the high road and keep checking out our podcast week in week out. And for that, we thank you. So uh, for my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. Before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you want to mention? Um, 
we we quickly talked about earlier um, in relation to COVID, but baseball playoffs are going on. Um, this is God, you know, whatever you watch this season, baseball wise, it's the playoffs and they're what they always have been. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> and right now the Yankees and the Indians are tied at eight in the eighth inning. It's been back and forth as shit, but the Yankees go Indians. Uh, Brian Goodwin's in the playoffs. I hope it survives more than just two games. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's the baseball playoffs. Uh, the SEC is back. Um, LSU probably wishes it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> the U's back, baby. Hey. Um, yeah, Miami put an absolute ass pasting on uh, Florida State this past week. We will know, not this coming week, but next week, we'll know if the U is back because they play Clemson. Oh, boy. And if we beat Clemson, it's all. I'm, I'm 100% all back in then. It's 100% of you back if we beat Clemson. It's time to bust back out the jersey. Oh, Jesus. My throwback Jim Kelly, baby. <laughs> Way too damn big for me now, but anyway. <laughs> That's okay. That was his jersey. <laughs> oh, man. So check that out. Never never hurting for live sports right now. Um, plenty, plenty, plenty going on. Um, especially live sports you don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. for. Yay. Love it. Um, I'm Korean. Oh, Korean. Koreans, Chinese, it's all over there. Um, so with that, this will do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for coming out here. Uh, we will catch you in the next one. As always, stay safe and enjoy the football. Good night to these delicious hot nuts, which I uh, have made resonance in my mouth and in my belly. Mm. Hot nuts. Thank you, Hampton Farms. We're not doing phrasing. We're not drinking on the job anymore. We do mission, we do mission briefings at 9 a.m. sharp. What are we doing? <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> oh, man. So, so many great points. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.